0: Welcome to another episode of Taz Racing's Week in Review podcast. A wagering focus look back on recent thoroughbred meetings in Tassie. We've ticked into the 2021 2022 season, and that started on the carp in Devonport, where there were eight races on Sunday. After one meeting, early premiership leaders, at Team Wells and Stuart Gandy, who had training doubles, they enjoyed the spoils of Wordsmith siring five of the eight winners on the day. From a riding perspective, Siggy Carr and Troy Baker would have enjoyed the drive home. One of Tasmanian Racing's power couples each had two winners. We started the day with a pretty shallow maiden, one that the two market fancies fought out, and it was GG Can Win, who was a firmer 360 into 270, just edging out race favourite Sweet Sop, another firmer 250 into 220. A good ride from Bullet Moku here, bit of a Devonport special, save ground on the inside, and angled out to the middle in the straight. Did come from the back half of the field, GG Can Win. First up result uh, for the winner, whose form from last campaign behind the lights of Swoop Dog and Nita Gin was always going to have him go close if he was fit enough for this race. It was the slowest of the four 11.50 metre races by some margin and, and he hasn't beaten much, so he will need to improve, but it's easy to think he will given he was resuming here from a spell. Sweet Sop just found one better. She should be breaking her maiden this campaign. Now up to five placings from nine starts, but starting to get to the pointy end of the market. Not much to say for the rest here. Sirocco Shamal was the other market fancy early, but drifted from 360 out to 480 and was very weak after leading. She's a six-year-old mare who's only had her third start, so you'd have to think there's been a few issues. And personally, I'd only been keen to get involved there from a punting perspective if and when the money arrives. Race 2 was a 1350 metre made, and we saw a very impressive win here by a bit of an outsider, Ubriaco, at start 3. $10 out to 13 on the Taz Racing official price, and did the job for Glenn Stevenson and Cody Jordan. It was a massive performance, never better than three wide, but still finished with the second fastest last 600, 400, and 200 of the race. Closed off really well, did Ubriaco on debut, and then I'll conservatively say was given a very quiet ride last time over 11.50 metres, and that sort of saw the market look around Ubriaco. Certainly got out to a price that I was happy to have something small on late, particularly given... I found him for the staking strategy last time and he was never really put into the races. Nothing more frustrating than when you find one and they win the next start without you. I really like this win. The time stacked up favourably against the other 1350 metre races, just over two lengths slower than the, 66 and just under three lengths quicker than the zero to 60. Clearly, still learning what it's about is Ubriaco, but happy to blackpool him. And with a reasonably weak SP profile, I'd be surprised if he came up crazy short next start. Gg Cloudy Bay enjoyed a good run around the $9 mark and, and finished second here, but now a 16-start maiden and deep into the prep, the danger for her is, is finding one on the up, as she did here, and that's also the case for the beekeeper. Spoken about this horse previously, just continuously goes around unders now. A big price trifecta was rounded out by a fresh three-year-old filly, French Kiss, who edged out Karnak Kid, who was the best closer in the race but settled too far back. With due respect to the winner, the the real story of this race was the plunge that went amiss on Broadway Babe, and and I'll admit I was a part of this, but it wasn't based on anything I'd, I'd heard or a tip or anything about the horse. $14 $14 on Saturday, Broadway Babe jumped the $3.10 favorite. Just an avalanche that that never really stopped. Look, I found the horse here for a few reasons. It was it was decent last start in Hobart when beaten by two subsequent winners, uh, Nev's Boy and Brinktop Lad. Albeit there was a fair margin. Then went to Devonport for a trial. Earlier in the week, where she acquitted herself well against the likes of our Shinkansen, Devisor, and Apollo Rocket, who are all well above maiden grade, and then you had Erica Byrne taking the ride who'd only missed a place twice from 15 starts for the Brunton camp. I mentioned it in my written preview, but had been a bit of a money rider for the stable. So I did the form for this race. I thought I marked her pretty aggressively at around the $6 mark. So I was more than happy to, to take double figures when the bookies went up on Saturday. But wow, it was some move, particularly for a horse that has shown that she can miss the kick. And that's what happened here. A clear last out of the gates and it was race over. EBB couldn't really find a backside to take her into the race. She was three wide, seemingly without cover for a big part of it. Her last 6, 4 and 200 of the race was the third fastest, so not too bad, but it certainly wasn't what the market move suggested. And eventually she's only beaten one runner home, albeit less than four lengths from the winner, so... She might be worth another chance where there's smoke, there's fire, so to speak, but certainly a strange one, Broadway Babe, and and one for the Overs God in my case. Really like the winner, Vubriaco, though, and into the black book he goes. TazRacing.com.au's new Form Plus Pro gives you even more data on all Tasmanian thoroughbred racing. Subscribe to the ultimate Tasmanian form source today. Form Plus Pro by TazRacing.com.au. Race 3 was the only staying race on the program, a Maiden Class 1. It was won comfortably by the Siggy car, trained and ridden full knots ahead. The well-supported second favourite, $5 into 4.20, Look, I think this is the way to ride the horse. Let her stride up on the speed. Siggy was forward and outside the leader. Deer Poacher, who was an $11 chance, but she clearly had that horse covered turning for home, which left four knots ahead of the pack well clear. But his last 200 was second fastest in the race. Only Rylestone, who was running on from the back, had better. Uh, I mentioned on this podcast after Full Knots Ahead's last Hobart run that she could be in for a nice preparation in these lower grade staying races, and, and now she's already picked one off and is nominated for another in Hobart on Sunday. Favorite Turk Delight was about four dollars early into around two dollars seventy when I did my staking strategy, which is a bit short for me. I was happy to work around him there, and then he eased to start three twenty. Track the winner full knots ahead throughout and had every chance, but could only manage second as a three-year-old who contested some of the better age races last season. I think we're learning that uh, Turk Delight will be in and around this grade for a little while rather than progressing through his grades quickly. Glenn Stevenson had two place getters here. Red Roger was held up from the home turn until well in the straight. I think this run will top him off nicely given he was 13.50 to 18.80 metres here and In this grade, we generally, with all due respect, see a few battlers. Uh, He's probably the one I want to be on in similar next start, but he is hard to catch, Red Roger. Spoke about Rylestone after he was a good thing licked in Hobart. Uh, he missed the start there and rattled home to be beaten under a length. I mentioned that that might have been the one that got away. Well, he bombed the start again here, Royal Stone. This time he couldn't get anywhere near the finish, and I think he's clearly a better horse on the grass, but he was right in the market here off that run where he was a good thing beaten, a $3.90 chance, and I can't help but feel connections. And perhaps punters here are chasing their tails a little bit with Royal Stone after he probably should have won races earlier in the campaign. A victory for the tactics in race four. GG's teardrop with Peter Liu in the saddle was ridden with the intent to lead, racked them and stacked them and, and held on to win. Bit of a drift to the winner, GG's teardrop, 4 dollars out to five, but I think $7 plus if you were shopping best toad. And it's been coming from off the speed in recent months, but that wasn't the case here. This was the slowest of the three 1350-metre races but had the fastest last overall 600 metres for the day just to give a bit of an idea of the race shape. It meant there were some real sectional stars in the race and horses that were in the market such as Wardell and Anita Rain, need to be forgiven here as they were just too far back and I think that pair are actually both looking for the mile next start. Just reward here for the winner who's been racing well in better grade than this. Favourite here, GG Baywatch was 320 into 270, but again just found one better. It's now eight runs this campaign where he's placed without a win and it's two from 25 overall. Look, trying to catch horses with that strike rate at, at that price generally isn't a profitable long-term play. And, and while I'm sure GG Baywatch will win at some point, it, it's very likely to be without me unless he goes around an each way price, which is something I said about that horse previously. Has the look was good here for third at $41, although the horse did enjoy a good run. It bombed the start, which is two starts back now, but you could entertain it at a price here, I thought, has the look. And Iskra was solid at its Tassie debut, but, look, this was one of those 0-60s to 60s where the best riding tactics got the chocolates and there were some excuses in behind, which is something that we often see in this grade. 400 left to travel about to straighten, and Cheeky won a length in front. Off its heels now, Weekend Whiskey, Lesnar's had enough. Shaborn Rebel to the outside and then Rough Road and further back came Miss Success. Cheeky One grabbed by, on the outside, Weekend Whiskey. Two lengths away, Rough Road making ground. Cheeky One with a kick though from Weekend Whiskey. Four in a row coming up for Cheeky One. It's a length and a half to Weekend Whiskey. Rough Road, Lady Joker and uh, Cheeky One. Cheeky One, too good again. Well, four in a row for Cheeky One. This promising four-year-old mare just keeps winning. Similar to the previous race, this was an on-pace dominated affair, and Erica Bernberg on Cheeky One made full use of a plum draw, and most of her opposition seemingly content to leave her alone, which was a bit of a surprise to see a lack of pressure up front in this one, given it was a field with noted leaders Weekend Whiskey and Lesnar. In any event, I'm sure connections of Cheeky One will be stoked to see her being able to win from the front and from off the speed, a skill that not a lot of horses possess, and particularly a positive for a horse that's only had 11 starts. I guess the next challenge for Cheeky One, and look, it certainly won't happen in the next few months with the way that the calendar is, is for her to show that she's more than a Devonport bully. She's had eight starts at the track for four wins and two placings and three grass runs haven't brought about a return. But there's no doubt that she's a nice horse, and she overcame a, a decent drift here too. 2.35 out to 3.20, and I think maybe even about 4 bucks best tote. So to fight a drift-cheeky one, she's flying, and, and Erica Burnberg has a really good relationship with that horse, it seems. Weekend Whiskey was really the only horse that could beat the favourite with how the race was run. $7 into 6 bucks, Weekend Whiskey on the back of a drought-breaking win the start prior, He was solid enough in second here. The best of the closes was the one I was pretty keen on, and that was Lady Joker, who did have support, double figures into 750, just settled too far back, but her last 6, 4, and 2 were the fastest of the race, and I think she's really hit a nice patch of form, and I'm going to Black Book Lady Joker in her current, form and with a run of racing in devonport i'd be surprised if she isn't winning again soon unfortunately we might have left the cash in the bag in terms of getting double figures but i think she's flying lady joker and goes into the black book tough watch here if you're on shaborn rebel who was solidly backed into 420 but never better than three wide and, and didn't finish the race off and Also market fancy, Lesnar, one of the poorer runs we've seen from him. Took a while to roll up on the speed, but didn't give that tough sort of kick that we've seen from Lesnar and a pretty disappointing performance. Race six, we had a win for a black booker, but like last time I wasn't on, GG Plain at start three immediately knocked off his class one following his maiden win. A good ride here from Troy Baker who had things pan out as well as he could have hoped from the car park draw. Able to blend in with a three-wide trail and presented with an unimpeded run in the home straight, GG Plain was able to hold off GG Real Deal, who was another that came from off the speed. And both Quinella runners were fairly solid around the sort of eight to ten dollar mark. Look, I'll admit, when I black booked GG Plain off his debut run, I wasn't expecting him to to reel off his next two, and, and that's probably why I haven't backed him at either start. Although I did at least chop him out. Uh, in start two, which wasn't the case here. And I still think 1350 and maybe more are within his reach. But uh, this race is rated really well in comparison to the other 1350 metre races and only the following uh, race was quicker which was mainly set up by good charge in front and, and all the speed runners essentially caved here. Apollo Rocket at 4.40 Clifton Dan Zur, who was a big drift to 3.50 out to 5.50 a, a late rider change on the day Brendan R- McCool replaced by Yanish Laxman. They were joined on the pace by Gigi's Janier and, and that trio all faded out to finish outside the top 5 there really wasn't a lot of peace in front Master Truffles who was 6 into 5 dollars eased out of that that early speed battle but stuck on the rail the leader sort of fell in the lap of Siggy Carr and it, it's a complete pen run for Master Truffles you just need to forgive this one uh, no room and, and went up the home straight untested it was a Gigi's trifecta in this race with Gigi Rhythm 13 into 8.50 running third her second really good run in a row and I think it's probably time to pay her a little more respect when doing the form look I, I certainly will be but a good example of this race of why punters love Devonport, though, we saw the previous two races, race of four and five, they go slow in front and it suits the on-paces. Race six, they put on a bit more pressure here and it's Swoopers' race. And, look, that's exactly what you're after. Uh, I guess as a punter, you're rewarded if you get your maps and your, your race shapes right. Ladbrokes' new bet ticket now available. Watch the exclusive live feed on your Ladbrokes app and see where the big bets land. The low, on the download, lad. Gamble responsibly. Call one eight hundred eight five eight eight five eight. A super ride from Siggy Car in the seventh delivered GG Golden a Benchmark sixty win uh, from barrier eleven of eleven. Siggy was able to settle one off the fence midfield with cover, and the mayor was clearly the one you wanted to be on turning for home. I think I was watching this race live on Sky's channel, and they'd accidentally showed the, the head-on down the home straight with the live coverage, but you could see from that that Siggy Carr and the red cap for the GGs was the, the one that you wanted to be on. Despite a decent first up run in Hobart, perhaps the wide gate and, and first look at the carpet was enough for GGs Golden Lass to sort of be missed a bit, 15 into 13, but not a big push. She's really well-bred, this mare, and didn't quite deliver last campaign, but her two runs this time in suggest that she can, should progressed to better than 60 grade and this was the fastest of the four 1150 meter races on the day second again here was Trojan Storm well the bookies have been keen to take this horse on I think I saw close to $10 early and, and many punters would have known that that was the wrong price he started $4.60 was more like his right price but similar to GG Baywatch earlier is becoming a, a perennial place getter he'll win at some stage but Look, I've got no idea when that may be. Favourite here was reward Achiever, backed in from $4 to three thirty. Finally drew a gate, but that didn't help Cody Jordan find a position. Settled with only a couple behind her, which was a bit of a surprise given she raced on speed the start before. The horse closed well to finish third, and only Trojan Storm had a better final 200 metres. Border Protection in fourth was despised by the market. Nine out to $16 despite a big win last start and it was another to come from the back half to threaten the placings to sort of continue the good form that he's in. Big disappointment here was Mystical Beauty. First up... Slight drift of 3.90 out to 4.60. Drove through to lead, but weakened to finish last. Certainly wasn't the horse we saw trial so impressively. And Look, I haven't read the stewards' report at the time of recording this, but hopefully in time uh, we'll be forgiving of the performance of Mystical Beauty. Last race of the day. Well, if you listened to last week's podcast, you would have heard my little rant about the depth we've currently got at the top end of our ratings race as well. Fast forward a week, we had an open handicap with seven runners. Only three of them were rated above 70, and the winner was a 62-rated Class 2 horse called Our Little Ted from the Cameron Thompson stable. It's no great surprise that at $21 it was a pretty rough result as based on everything the horse had shown, he shouldn't have really been able to win this race, but he did, and look, all honours to him as well. The horse has run home with the fastest last 200 metres of the entire program from the Stridemaster data, to beat a ethical dilemma, who was much shorter in the market at 390 and, and seemingly had every chance, look, I, I guess time will tell whether this is a sign of things to come for our little Ted, but it was an open handicap in name only, and I tend to think that the overall time, which was behind the Class 1 and the Benchmark 60, is a bit of a reflection of the quality of this race rather than thinking that the winner is suddenly an open-class galloper. But very happy to be proven wrong if our little Ted comes out and keeps on winning. Look, I do hate to be disparaging of the efforts of our little Ted and even Costiero who I referenced last week, but geez, it's not a great look when you have horses rated that low winning 78s and open handicaps. I think Costiero is a 54 rater winning a 78. And now our little Ted is 62 rater given an open handicap. It's sort of not a great look for racing in the state and, Hopefully, it's just a blip on the radar and our depths around that sort of um, ratings area do get replenished fairly quickly. So the new season's underway in Devonport. One where I finished marginally in front, sort of good early before leaking a bit of oil late. It's not often that I'll black book a winner, but I'm doing that here with Ubriaco. I'm wondering what the hell happened in that race as well with Broadway Babel. Uh, just see what the market does with it next start. Um, sticking with another Black book in Wardell, although we won a mile there. Uh, Gigi Plain's still in the Black Book, and maybe one of these days where he wins, I'll follow up on my suggestion to a Black Book Tim. And we're adding in Lady Joker too, who we found for the staking strategy here. Got a small return on the each way basis, but I think she's flying in a really good patch of form. This week last, meeting on the grass in Hobart for some time. I think we'll... Probably see the same horses we've seen in the last month or so, trying to eke out one more before probably having a spell. Certainly the norms for that program suggest it will be that type of day. We had no luck at all there last Sunday week with a stack of second-facing, so hopefully that changes this week. Thanks for listening to another Week in Review. I'll be back again next week to review the program in Hobart.